Hi, welcome back to Make Do. I'm Julia Scott. And I'm Tiff Arman. And so quick housekeeping. Uh, we are both going to be in San Francisco in August for the Woo! Relay. <laughs> First for the Relay 5th anniversary live show. Uh, because Relay is turning five, which is amazing. Uh, and then also for the San Francisco Pen Show, which I'm super happy about because people keep talking about it as the fun pen show, which I'm like, but have you been to Atlanta? Uh, but that's going to be really fun. So if you're if you're there, say hi. Yes, definitely. I like saying hi. Well, uh, I'll bring some stickers too. Me too. Yeah. So like I said, really, our podcast network is five this month, which is amazing. Uh, if you enjoy listening to Make Do or the other shows on the network, we would love for you to become a Really member if you're not already. You will get access to members-only content, which is a bunch of amazing stuff. And in August and September, that includes a feed full of bonus episodes uh, from a bunch of Really FM shows, including us. And we're going to be recording that when we're in the same place in San Francisco. We can tell you a little bit more about that later. Uh, Relay membership starts at just $5 a month. So to do all of that, you can go to relay.fm slash make do. You can become a member of the make do family. I don't know if we have like a name for our listeners. Uh, or you can learn more and support all the shows by going to relay.fm slash membership. So that's relay.fm slash make do or slash membership to learn more about the membership program. Thank you so much for supporting make do and Relay FM. And I'm going to XOXO again this year, so be prepared for possibly another round of, of all the fields afterwards. You definitely should. Or, or maybe I'm better prepared this year. We'll see. Uh, we are also gearing up for a planned Q&A show. We get questions every now and then. Some of them are like put on our list for whole separate episodes. Uh, but we would love to answer your questions uh, about us, about art about supplies, you know, big or small, silly or serious. So please send those in at makedupod at gmail.com or on Twitter or Instagram uh, or, I guess, by... Uh, Carrier pigeon? Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was trying to think of a way to say uh, origami via carrier pigeon, but it just... Oh, we should get a P.O. box and get pretty letters. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> or... There's that thing where you could do it both ways, where you can send emails as physical letters or faxes as email. Anyway, mm. send in your questions. That would be awesome. So we're going to talk a little bit about... Wait, no. First, first I want to say I really appreciate the people who sent both uh, links to famous people doing fun stuff. Like Judy Dench does Dirty yes. Cross uh, Stitch, which surprises mm. me not at all. Um <laughs> And a lot of people also said that they also want books of failures or books of not successes. So it was fun mm -hmm. to know that it's not just me who uh, finds <laughs> finds pleasure and... Finds failure entertaining? <laughs> not entertaining. Well, I mean, sometimes, obviously. That's why people watch Shark Tank. Uh, but more stuff like <laughs> not even necessarily encouragement, just like commiserating yeah exactly and just like seeing all the different ways that people get to places and also that success isn't necessarily linear but also not necessarily like the goal <laughs> or the end words all. out now <laughs> no I mean, that is that is i mean that is really true that success is not like a straight line from point a to point b but also it sounds weird to say like success doesn't have to be the goal but something like that success is not the only measure of success uh <laughs> And sort of on that topic, I guess, uh, today we're going to talk about when 
other people say the things that you're saying to yourself. Um, you know, when people either on purpose or by accident or, or both uh, feed your imposter syndrome. Uh, when mm-hmm. when people either don't take you seriously or put you down either about the quality of your work or how serious you are or just dismiss it because you had you had uh, a couple of run-ins like that, right? Yeah, I wanted to talk about this because we've talked about how we feel about ourselves so often. And I've gotten tons of really positive feedback and stuff from social media. And I feel really thankful for all that. And it's been fantastic. But then I find that I get all of my negative feedback from people in person. And it, like you said, it's usually probably not intended to be that way. I think it's a lot of times people don't quite know what to say, or they just accidentally say something silly. And it ends up stinging because it just like you said, it kind of feeds all of the negative thoughts that you had about yourself in the first place. And you're like, Oh, no, this person just said it. And now I'm feeling it again. So that's why I wanted to bring this up. And it came up because someone said to me that you're coloring all day. And (laughs) I'm like, Oh, Oh, am am I just, am I coloring all day? And it just, it really, it really stung. Did they meet it in that sense of like, you're just tracing or you're just doodling or like, did did you get a sense of what they meant by that? Is it, is it like more of a, you aren't working so, and you're coloring all day. And so, but at the same time, it was one of those things that I had to sit and think about a little bit because it's like when I create something and someone is impressed by it, it feels really great. Right. And, but at the same time, when you get a comment like that, you're like, well, where did you think that the skill came from? And I think that this gets tied into the idea that art just happens, you know, that you're, you're just good at it Mm -hmm. already. And so by spending a lot of time on it, it could be seen as uh, a waste of time or just doodling or just coloring or anything like that. And the idea of practicing a craft and practicing an art gets lost when people don't value it. And so that's where I kind of like unpacked this comment where you're coloring all day. It's the idea of, Oh, well you're artistic. So you're just coloring and you just are. And there's no idea that no, what I'm actually doing is I'm practicing. Like I'm trying to get better. I'm improving my skills so that, you know, I can, show something that I'm really proud of. And it's like, oh, wow, you actually did put the work into this because it, it doesn't just happen. And I feel like I've been practicing for a few years now and there's significant improvement based on how much time I'm able to put into it. So yeah, I do color all day. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, because like you said, like with unpacking it, there, there can be so many layers in it. Like some people you get who are like, oh, must be nice. And you can... Sometimes I'm sure, you know, it's all in my head, but sometimes you can very much hear a difference in the tone where some people Mm -hmm. very literally are like, wow, that's awesome. That's so great. You have a studio in your house. Uh, Must be so nice to be able to like, you know, very, very sort of uh, literally on the surface, just like a nice, like a a friendly envy, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Admiration. Yeah. Uh, Where they're like, I wish I could do that too. uh, And not like the other thing it was like well I wish I could do that too but I have important stuff to do or uh mm-hmm. I you know I have a real uh job or uh a real I don't know I I do other important stuff like I 
I clean my house or whatever. And I, I get that a lot. Not as much with the ceramics. I get a lot more of, of the first kind, of the nice kind, because people understand that people are also like, wow, that's so cool that you have that space to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I've been selling, and I, I think ceramics people, either because they realize like you you need a lot of, you have to be kind of dedicated to it because you need so much like space and, and equipment. Uh, but also people maybe don't, they see it as a realer thing than I think people do with painting or drawing. Especially drawing in like a notebook or even on an iPad, right? It's just, it looks like you're just using a device. It yeah. was, especially if you're working on an iPad, it's like, oh, you just have your iPad on your lap all day and you're just, you're, you're doodling, you're coloring. You yeah. Know? You're and just it, like addicted to your uh, devices and your, you know, screen time, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. It doesn't, it doesn't look like you're doing anything because you're not producing like a physical good that you're like, oh, I'm going to put this out on the table yeah. here. This is something I made. It is, it's, it exists kind of like in this virtual paper world or or buried in a notebook somewhere and it's like well what did you do all day and it's like well I did practice but I'm not going to show anybody any of it <laughs> and and also as I've you know been selling more and more and people know that I'm at markets and they see this stuff people I think also kind of associate it with like I'm working uh when I'm down there so they're not just like mm-hmm. oh you know but with knitting I get a lot of like oh must be nice to have that time uh, sometimes that patience, which is kind of another question, where you kind of go like, well, I'm sure that you and I watch the same amount of TV shows. Yep. Uh, or most people watch the same amounts of TV shows and a lot of things I can knit while I'm watching TV. And mm-hmm. that's not a judgment. on. It's not like I'm like, well, at least I'm productive while I watch TV. I don't care what you do when you watch TV. But like that's where I find part of that time or, you know, when I'm in a waiting room or on a train and I still listen to a podcast or like watch YouTube videos while I'm sitting on a train. Please note that I'm wearing my headphones even when I'm watching YouTube videos. That is very important because I don't understand people. Who... Anyway, you know what I mean? Like we're monsters <laughs> <laughs> where, where people have this idea that, well, like I said, must be nice to not have all the responsibilities that real uh, adults have, unlike me, Pinocchio. Uh, and it's just interesting where there's so many layers of, of judgment where it's like, well, if you're not selling it or if you're not doing important stuff that has to be finished, like you said, like the practice, people don't necessarily understand that that is at least as important, if not more important than the stuff that gets finished and that either can be displayed or sold or whatever, uh, because they don't understand necessarily that when you're drawing feet over 15 pages of your notebook and they're just like well you're just doodling you're like no I need to figure out how how our toes or Mm -hmm. whatever it may be and like you said definitely if you're just like uh you know doodling on printer paper with a cheap pencil or stuff that they don't understand as real tools it it seems like it becomes a whole thing of time justification right like you feel i i get defensive of my time like oh where are you spending your time and why aren't you just like you said you're wasting time it is it's kind of the idea to convince someone that creative work is worth time mm-hmm. but it's really difficult to convince someone who doesn't see that value or doesn't have a hobby like that that takes time to to learn and and it it, it takes time to cultivate an actual skill with it's hard to convince them that the time is worth it Mm -hmm. 
And it's like it's like a it, it's 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 a lost in translation situation. <laughs> like you're just just not understanding each other. The, the connection isn't getting made. Uh, the, a subset of that is uh, sometimes you get that you know it's I guess it's nice that you have a hobby, which mm-hmm. which is like on the one hand I'm like because okay, you know with a lot of the stuff that I do yeah it's a hobby, but again <laughs> Stop trying like, to monetize my hobby. <laughs> but you, but you do get like it's but a hobby feels more like my hobbies feel more deeply ingrained in my soul <laughs> than just a hobby you know like i i see it as so much more than just busy work i f- i feel like my hobbies are who i am and what i like to do with my day and what i like to surround myself with and how i like to be seen so it's it's more of like a a physical manifestation of my personality and so that's why it feels like such an attack when someone calls it just a blank you know just a hobby just coloring it's like you're you're attacking my soul here this is like what i'm doing i think that my life like the idea of hobby is also denigrated unnecessarily a lot because it's like but like you said like it's the thing that feeds your soul and that can be gardening or painting or or painting miniatures or collecting stamps or whatever playing music yeah Mm -hmm. but like hobby to me is just like this is the thing i like to do that i don't get paid for or don't get paid a lot for it, there shouldn't be any judgment there. And I think, again, like you hear the tone. Sometimes people will say like, oh, I wish I had a hobby. And they don't mean like, oh, I wish I had time for blah, blah, blah. They literally just mean like, I haven't found something that grabs me like that. And then you get that, oh, it's nice that you have a hobby that just feels very, again, dismissive or like, like it's just a cute little thing that you do. So I want to know, I need your help with how do you come back from something like that? How do you how do you continue the conversation when someone says you're coloring? It's nice that you have a hobby, you know, like all of these with the the down, you know, with the with the negative tone that they will tend to give you. What do you what do you say to that? How can you defend yourself without becoming just like words trapped in your mouth and you're just like, ah, I ah, because <laughs> that's what happens to me. I just don't even know what to say or I say nothing. Well, so, I think I think where to start is like, OK, should you defend yourself? Which is different from get defensive. Exactly. <laughs> right? Like because part of me is like, absolutely. Yes, people shouldn't. And another part of me, the very conflict averse kind is like, hey, yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. And it also depends on who it is. Like, is it at a dinner party? Is it at a dinner party where you're probably not going to meet them again and don't care that much? No, ignore it. Is it in a family situation where you're going to have to meet them again? Probably also just ignore it. Um, But I think that it it really depends also like what kind of person it is and how much you care. Because I think I just want to I want a really smart way to say like to defend. I just want like a smart little phrase that I can keep in my pocket and be like, throw that out there and just totally change everyone's mind in the room. That's what I want. Can't don't you have that, Julia? Don't you just have that ready for me? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. I have two options. The first is, and I love like every etiquette maven will say, like when people say offensive things, you get them to explain themselves. You say, What do you mean? And like mm. just stick with that. Ooh. Because then they okay. have to say, like, either, well, you know, you're wasting your time or uh you're not producing physical or whatever it is they mean by it. Like you can get very dowager duchess about it if you want and be like, whatever do you mean by that? But just like, what do you mean? I'm just going to walk around saying whatever, you, whatever do you mean by that? Yeah, because and, and I mean, that works a lot for like racist and sexist jokes, because if someone has to and you can even keep saying it when they when they just like try to talk around it or they'll have to dig in further. But just like ask that because at best case scenario, you'll find out that they just 
they are, you know, they're just envious of, of that you get to do that because it seems like so much fun and they've never had the courage to practice, you know what I mean? And, and I guess also best case scenario, you'll make them feel ashamed of themselves. Uh, and <laughs> well, maybe you'll make them think differently about where they want to spend their time and it could become a positive thing. Oh, see, we're helping people by judging them. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the second one is kind of along the same lines. And it's like, so, and I have in my notes, I have a talking point is, so what if I am? Because like in that judgment. That seems confrontational to me. It does. Again, it depends Bring on like how, how you're feeling <laughs> at the time and who you're talking to. But like just to, to not just question the judgment of, is that bad or good? But to be like, does it matter? Like, so what if I am just knitting the same wonky sock all over again? What if I am just going on the same pokey walk uh, or Harry Potter walk every day? Like, instead of whatever do you mean? It's like, why does that matter? I feel like this is a you don't know me situation. Just <laughs> run away. <laughs> well, no, because it's because it's, it's more about the the broader idea of like, why do things have to be productive and why do things have to be productive in a way that you approve of? Like, oh, you're right. coloring all day. And, uh, you know, when you're like, the bills are paid, my house is decently clean. Even if it wasn't, I have a flamethrower. You know, like, why does it, why does it matter? Like, why, why? Why are you upset about this? Exactly. And to be like, why, why are you saying it as if it's a problem? Like, what if, what mm -hmm. if all I do is draw little like squiggles to fill up an entire page every day yes. for four hours? What does oh, it matter? Yes. That's a good day. <laughs> even if it isn't improving my skills it isn't producing anything that i can show off it isn't like oh no instagram loves that stuff <laughs> that's true <laughs> but you know what i mean like very much like so and mm -hmm. and i think those those two sort of questions or responses are two sides of the same coin it just depends on if you want to be confrontational or not because so is very much like a 14 year old thing to say but sometimes that is what you feel like so and or you could say interesting <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll take note of that like i said or and like you said uh not only will it deflate someone's you know argument or criticism and maybe deflate your insecurities it might also either help you learn what they mean or help them realize what they actually mean because it doesn't have to be because i think even when people sound mean about it they're not necessarily being mean about it they okay this is going to get kind of meta and a little sidetracky but i have this theory that uh, 90s sitcoms ruined a whole generation for social interaction because we watched like seinfeld friends like all these shows where people are so mean to each other and then there's a laugh track like where where interaction <laughs> hmm. be interaction between friends is about pointing out their flaws uh and mistakes and then you get a laugh track uh, like this whole generation of of sarcasm and irony and meanness. And so we think that's how you create a friendship and create a friend group is by everyone being mean to each other. Hmm. This explains <laughs> why I am the way I am. Right. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh-huh. And, and uh, not even that. I think also sometimes people just don't even realize, like they think they're just making an observation and don't realize that you've gained weight or you're losing your hair or whatever it might be just a factual observation but a lot of things people don't either want pointed out or don't want described a certain way mm -hmm. 
and it varies from person to person like and and from the person saying it like two people can say the exact same thing for instance uh you've gained weight uh from probably like a parent depending on the parent again it doesn't even matter who it is but Mm -hmm. like it can hurt people people are either really really judgy and think that that's okay or they don't realize that they're sounding super judgy so then if you go like what do you mean and they go oh no it just looks like fun uh or well it just it seems so easy when you do it and you can go oh thank you but that's because i practiced you know like maybe mm-hmm. they just look at your oranges and they're like well it seems really easy to paint because it looks really good and then you can explain like it's not necessarily that easy because like i looking at your stuff would be like yeah it's an orange it looks exactly like an orange but you have a picture of an orange and then I remember that when I try to do that, it's not as good. You know, that kind of thing. That orange took me hours. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you notice when this kind of thing happens to other people? Like, do you pick up? Because I, I also wonder, because I see it a lot. I feel like on Instagram, and we've talked about this before, when you almost want to jump in and be like, why would you think that's a thing to say? Why would you? Or even when things aren't necessarily mean, but something you see a lot, people start sort of giving advice or input on things that never asked for it and they have no idea if someone is like happy or unhappy with the thing they're doing or where they're going when people are like well that looks uh that that uh sweater looks baggy you should do this instead uh and they have no idea like am i happy with it am i unhappy with it and definitely don't want that thing pointed out you know like Mm -hmm. i have like a special clause when it comes to social media interactions for myself because I always assume that no one means ill intentions. Mm-hmm. And so I generally just ignore the unconstructive criticism comments. I, I really only get like one or two of those per post or, or anything like that. So it's really easy to just be like, I'm just going to let that go. And that person really didn't, I don't have to respond. I don't have to, justify myself I don't have to explain anything because I just I think that it was just worded wrong or if it were a you know a situation where you're talking to someone they they might have said it differently so I tend to let those go because you know what I'm gonna post another picture tomorrow and that comment that was on the one that I posted last week is gonna be down on my timeline and I'm never gonna see it again and that's it for me I can kind of close that stuff off and I know that that makes me a little bit different in this regard, but it is a lot easier to deal with when you just think it's just going to fade away because <laughs> that's all it is. And you just kind of focus on all the good comments. I also think that sometimes you shouldn't jump in and defend someone because it can make a tiny comment a bigger deal than it is. Yes, exactly. Yeah. If you're a third party, like it, fueling the fire. No, no, no. It, I just let it let it go. Yeah. Unless it's like outwardly hateful and upsetting. Then <laughs> when it's like, I'm going to come and defend you like for for aid and for, you know, uplifting reasons, then yes. But if it's to, you know, mock a brushstroke, uh, no, no, not <laughs> worth it. <laughs> but I also because we're talking like how to defend it outwardly to the person saying that. But how do you defend yourself inwardly? Like, how, how did you feel mm. when someone said you know, you're just coloring all day. How did that make you feel like, oh no, I've been, I've been caught out. Yeah. It kind of, it made me, um, it made me not want to color all day. (laughs) You know, like it made me want to take a break and be like, oh, what am I doing? I guess I am spending too much 
time on this or I don't know. It just, it made my time feel less valuable when before I was really engaged and feeling like it had a lot of value. And so it's taken me a little bit of time to kind of come back from that. And I guess talking to you now is the way (laughs) I'm defending myself from it by bringing up this topic and, you know, mentioning it to a friend or, you know, people who support you. That's also helpful because they can give you that nice little boost of, oh, don't listen to them. You know, people say that kind of stuff, but it doesn't always help because, uh, you know, you have all this giant internal monologue that is way louder than mm-hmm. what a friend can say. But it's still I think it's uh, it's a little bit of a talking like this, like discussing why they might have said it or how they might have meant it. And then coming around to, you know what, I, I shouldn't have given that so much weight that that is a destructive thing to do. And I should go back and work on what I was working on and feel good about it and color all day in order to get better. And then I can show off the thing that I've spent time coloring all day and be really proud about it. So that's where I am now. So thank you, Julia. You fixed me. You're <laughs> no, the best. I, it would be really weird to tell that person how they made you feel. I think like, I don't know what relationship they have to you, but I sometimes wish, cause there was a lot of times you have these rotating um, Reddit threads or sometimes Twitter threads. They're like, what's something someone said like one sentence that really changed the way you felt about yourself, good or bad. And it can Mm. be little things like if someone tells you you have a weird laugh and then you just don't laugh ever again. Like not you you just, you don't That happened to me when I was a kid. I had a horrible (laughs) laugh and I got totally made fun of about my laugh. And so I changed it. But I mean, it kind of stopped me from having a really annoying laugh. So thanks, (laughs) mean person. (laughs) But maybe it wasn't annoying. Maybe it was just... Oh, it was was annoying. It was a very annoying laugh. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like somebody who then just like never really let go with laughing again. And that's really sad because... Well, that's sad too. Because I think that people don't realize how big of an impact saying something like that can have like if you told that person like you made me not want to draw and paint for like a week hopefully they'd be horrified you know mm-hmm. but then I would I would feel bad for hurting that person back you know what I mean like that's why I'm like I can't say any like I can't be like you made me feel this way because even if it they probably didn't even intend that comment to be as severe as I took it and then me explaining it would be even more hurtful. I don't know. I don't know how that would be constructive. I don't know. Maybe I a just... little bit. <laughs> no, but it's, like I said, it probably wouldn't be constructive. But you do kind of wish that people could understand that their offhand comment. Because like just hearing you say that it made you not want to... Like, I, again, I don't know who this person is. They might be perfectly lovely in other ways. But part of me like wants to kick them in the shins. <laughs> and go you're you're mean you made my friend sad yeah because that's not very constructive either but you know what I mean like where because I'm sure that also even if if they thought you should do something else instead they probably didn't realize that like the alternative for you wasn't oh I guess I'll make oil paintings because they're real or I can sell them the alternative was okay then I won't draw at all and that's that's really sad you know and I think that people don't understand that criticism isn't necessarily constructive you know that parent thing with like you can do so much better and what they mean is you are so talented but what Mm. what you actually hear is this is not good you know what i mean yeah 
Well, that's what I wanted to tell you. So there's a little caveat, like a little asterisk next to the you're coloring all day. The same person who said that also was really proud of something that I did. Like they were impressed with something that I drew Mm -hmm. before saying that you're coloring all day. So it was like, I'm so confused on how you feel. (laughs) It's because what what do they call it? Uh, uh, A a compliment sandwich, a critique sandwich. We're like, you say (laughs) a good thing, a bad thing, and then a good thing. It's like, and that's the, that's the idea of that. Like art just kind of comes out of nowhere. It's like, well, uh, this is a really cool thing that you made and I'm very impressed by this, but you're spending a lot of time like, you know, just doodling and coloring all day. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, uh, how do these two go together? My brain isn't (laughs) making sense and I'm going to grab onto the most negative thing and, and like let it affect me. But that's. And also with the, (sighs) with the practicing, I think that can also be really hard if you're kind of focused sometimes on social media because you're like, again, like those feet aren't mm-hmm. like you can't post them every day for a week. Just like the feet. Uh, you have <laughs> I don't to- know. There are some people that really like feet. <laughs> then monetize that. But but you know what I mean? Like where you feel like I have to I have to both like show different things and, and good things and finished things. Stop trying to monetize my foot hobby. <laughs> I don't know if that can make it into the podcast. Yes, it can. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like where, where you sometimes it's it's easy to get stuck in that mentally of like you have to do new things and you have to do good things. You because practice isn't like Pinterest worthy mm-hmm. and we see everyone else's highlight reel, blah, blah, blah. D- do you think that sometimes people also sort of put down stuff if they don't see the monetary value or like, a level of professionalism like do it for real do it proper or don't do it at all like you're coloring all day might also have that tinge of like this is not productive in that way in the real way that's oh yeah I'm sure pe- uh, pe- definitely people have that notion I mean success is so often tied to profiting from something and even if I were like oh I'm working on doing all these paintings so then I can go somewhere and sell them all like that feels more concrete of a thing than I'm just putting them all into my notebook and forgetting about them. And it's almost like I feel like sometimes I want to lie <laughs> and be like, yes, one day I will be selling all of these paintings. It's like, who knows? It could be true, but I it could be one day in the future. I don't have to justify myself to anyone if I just lie. So I think that might be my strategy. Maybe I'll just lie. <laughs> yeah, that feels good. Just, just defer. It's like deferred lies. Or like, just yeah, go go outlandish. Just be like, well, you know, paintings are always most valuable after the artist dies. So oh this, is, this is this is this uh, is uh, uh, you know an inheritance for my child, so that after I'm gone, they'll all be locked away and they'll be rare. That's my that's my plan. Yeah, <laughs> people are just gonna think I'm crazy. Then, like, <laughs> sometimes it is kind of fun to just answer like the weird or the rude questions. Just like go. Oh, yeah, it is kind of fun to just grab onto the craziness and just be like, all right, I'm going to run with this. Actually, I intend to burn them all in a giant bonfire and then take pictures of it. <laughs> this is I don't feel the need to explain my art to you. <laughs> this is, you know, it's it's a very sort of far reaching art project. The paintings are not the project. It's the multiple bonf- layers. It really it, it uh, comments on the destructive nature of our society on um, creativity. So there we go. And the undervaluing <laughs> of female creative and productive time. That's right. Something, something. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds good. This is, this is good. That's what I'm going to come back with. And people are going to be like, whoa, she's deep. 
<laughs> I feel like we should get either t-shirts or tattoos that say stop trying to monetize my hobby. <laughs> it's one of my favorite catchphrases from the show. It's that and uh, uh, I am I'm an achiever. <laughs> Please notice. <laughs> Which would make a fantastic back tattoo. <laughs> like notice as I walk away because you say rude things to me. That's right. That's right. So after that discussion <laughs> of where we were going to be moving our hobbies you can find our show notes over at relay.fm slash make do and we are make do pod on twitter and instagram and you can find us individually at tiffany arment and at julia scott s-k-o-t-t again please go to relay.fm slash make do or relay.fm slash membership to learn more how you can support the work that we do on this show and or all the work that relay does Please send in your questions to make do pod at Gmail or on all the socials, and we will be back in a fortnight. And until then, go make and do. And don't listen to those haters. <laughs> hate is gonna hate. Gate is gonna gate. Potato's gonna potate. <laughs> do they? Are they? Do they potate? I'm sure they do. Do they gestate, lactate? I don't know. Patat. Patat. I have potatoes in my garden. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm.